Welcome to SEC Unfiltered, home of the best SEC content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry guys. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sports entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports. Pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of, they have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews as well. Guys, so many fans and listeners of SEC Unfiltered have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. Well, so again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from SEC Unfiltered sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some fun here. SEC hot seat tiers going into the 2024 football season. These made by yours truly. We love to talk hot seat, right? Who's on the hot seat? Whose seat is warming up, right? Who is safe for now? And that's what I'm going to do today. We're going to categorize 
each of the 16, yes, Texas and Oklahoma included, of course, each of the 16 SEC head coaches and the temperature of each of their seats going into the 2024 season. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get into it, guys. First off, if you're new to the league, if you're a new head coach, I don't think it's fair one way or another to put you in some sort of, you know, to to, to grade the temperature of what your seat is because you haven't coached a single down. With that being said, we know what the pressure's like at Alabama. We know what the pressure cooker can be like at Texas A&M. But my first category, guys, and we're going to have a graphic associated with this, by the way, on social media. Check it out. But my first category is simply new to the league, right? If you're new to the league, I think you're in a category of your own. You are in year one. You have not coached a game at your respective school. The three coaches here, obviously, are Jeff Levy at Mississippi State, Mike Elko at Texas A&M, and Kayla Nabor at Alabama. Now, each of those three situations are unique in their own ways. They are not all built equally. So, for example, yes, Caitlin DeBoer, certainly you're not going to say his seat is hot or it's warming up or he's untouchable because we have no body of work to go off of besides of what he's done as other schools. The pressure is on Caitlin DeBoer. There is no doubt. There is going to be no grace period in Tuscaloosa. The expectation is to win and win now and win in a big way. The situations for Mike Elko and Jeff Levy completely different than Kalen Abor. This is going to be the first time in a long time Texas A&M has come into a season really with virtually no national level of hype, if you will, which I think could be a great thing for the Aggies, by the way. For years now, it seemed like we've been waiting on Texas A&M to, to break out and be that team that, that, that jumps to the top of the SEC and wins double-digit games and challenges for an SEC championship, challenges for the college football playoff. Nobody, and I mean nobody, is going to be expecting that in year one of Mike Elko. And again, guys, I, I think that can be a really, really good thing for Texas A&M. You take off some of the pressure, you take off some of the off-season madness that I think Jimbo Fisher brought along with him, maybe flying under the radar can be a really good thing for the Aggies. And then there's Jeff Levy at Mississippi State, who, again, guys, I don't think there's any pressure because I don't really know what the expectations are for him. I mean, I, I think Mississippi State in year one, I think there's some pieces there, but I think the expectations are nothing more than, hey, if he makes a bowl game in year one, as long as he does that, the season's a success, but certainly State has got a gauntlet of a schedule for year one of the Jeff Levy era. I think Mississippi State fans, more than anything, just want football to be fun again, right? Mike Leach, even though Mississippi State wasn't going to win the SEC West or win an SEC championship, Mississippi State football was fun to watch, right? It was a fun, exciting brand of offense, right? It was entertaining. If you're not going to be elite... And if you're going to be a seven or eight win program, at least be entertaining, at least be fun to watch. I think if Jeff Levy can do that, if he can get them six or more wins, that is success. So again, three new coaches to the league, three very different situations in their first seasons. Now let's get into our actual tiers here in regards to the temperature of each of these coaches. 
My first category, and again, this is all made up by yours truly, by the way. There's no scientific method to this or anything. My first category is called dead man walking, okay? So we're starting from the hottest seats, going all the way up to the coaches that are absolutely 110% safe at their respective schools. The first category is dead man walking. There is one name in this category, Billy Napier of the Florida Gators. Guys, to say that Billy, and I and I think it's comical that Scott Strickland, the Florida AD, went out and said, his seat's not hot. If somebody's saying his seat is hot, that's all made up and fabricated. That's just something the media does, blah, blah, blah. Like, you're not fooling anybody. Billy Napier's seat is beyond a level of scorching. And unfortunately, it feels like we're just waiting for the inevitable to happen, which is Billy Napier get fired, right? There were some Gator fans that wanted him fired after year two. And even I thought maybe, you know what? Hey, tough season year two, right? Tough season. Recruiting's going well, though. Top five class, it looks like they'd sign. Florida stumbles down the stretch, finishes outside of the top 15 in recruiting. So you've lost all that momentum. I haven't seen much of anything in the portal that tells me that Florida added a bunch of difference makers. If anything, they lost a couple of guys. Like they, they lost Trevor Etienne. They lost Princely Oman Mielin. So I don't think the portal's been a net positive for Florida. And then you look at that 2024 schedule, guys. I don't even know how Billy Napier makes it to the end of the season. I, I really, really don't. I have no clue how Billy Napier is going to survive it. And again, guys, he feels like a dead man walking right now. He feels like the tombstone is in the ground. It's just, we got to wait to etch the date in. But it's already there. We know what's coming. We're just waiting for the inevitable. So again, dead man walking, Billy Napier of the Florida Gators. My next tier is scorching. So you're not a dead man walking, but the seat is scorching heading into this fall. And I got two guys here. First is Sam Pittman, Arkansas head coach. And the second is Vanderbilt head coach Clark Lee. Now, let me start with Clark Lee. I love Clark Lee. Big Clark Lee guy. I think Clark Lee is great for Vanderbilt. But guys, 2-10 is 2-10. I don't care, you know, if you cut your teeth there or what the situation at the school is or, or the challenges you face. Two and ten is two and ten. And Vanderbilt, you know, on a lesser scale, because Vandy, obviously, we're not talking about Vanderbilt on a day-in, day-out basis, but Vandy is or was a program and a team last year, one of the most disappointing in college football, guys. When you when you think about I heard from countless folks that Vandy over their projected win total in Vegas was the easiest bet of the college football season. Vandy goes 5-7 and seven in 2022, beats Kentucky, beats Florida. Folks thinking to themselves, okay, Clark Lee's got it rolling. Vandy might make a bowl game. Vandy, at minimum, they're going to smash that over three and a half wins. They're going to do that non-conference play alone. And so to say it was a disappointing season in Nashville is putting it lightly. And so I know the expectations that Vandy guys are is virtually, they're virtually nothing. But you go 2-10 again, and, and I could see Vanderbilt making a move. 
a hundred percent. You know, they're investing more money in the facilities, right? Doing a lot of work on the stadium. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And with Texas and Oklahoma joining the league, I just I don't know if you're Vandy, if you can afford to, if you go two and ten or three and nine, can you really afford to bring Clark Lee back again? You got to make moves. You got to try to make moves to compete in a new SEC. So I do think after a two and ten year, Clark Lee seat is scorching. Which people might say it's it's Vandy. Who cares? But somebody cares. Vanderbilt folks, believe it or not, there are Vanderbilt fans, and they care. So, Clark Lee's seat, I think, is hotter than you would expect. And for Sam Pittman at Arkansas, I mean, guys, this one makes sense. The only reason I don't put Sam Pittman in the dead man walking category, the only reason I don't do that, I think Sam Pittman can salvage his Arkansas tenure. I think Sam Pittman can salvage his job status and return in 2025. I struggle to see a path for Billy Napier. That's why he's in that category alone. But Sam Pittman's seat, folks, make no mistake, I mean, it is scorching hot. And you know what generates a scorching hot seat? Yes, going four and eight, like Arkansas did last year. But when you are getting blown out on your home field, and that happened multiple times last year, Auburn and Missouri, the most memorable, you lose to BYU at home. When you're losing home games like that, that does not sit well. By the way, let's not forget they also had the 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 Polar Express at halftime shenanigans that took place last year. So this is make or break. And also when your AD comes out and says, has to reaffirm that the head coach is going to return next year, that's basically a one-year notice. Like, hey, you don't get it rolling, you're done. Win now or get out. That being said, I think Sam Pittman, they go 7-5, and five, which is doable for Arkansas. 
They need Taylor Green to work out at the quarterback position. Uh, they got to shore some things up, right? But I mean, they need Bobby Petrino's offense to click, right? I think Sam Pittman did himself a lot of favors bringing in Bobby Petrino to be the OC. And so it has to work, right? That has to work. Because if it doesn't, the next move is to chop off the head at the top. <laughs> it's Sam Pittman. But there's a path for Pittman to return in 2025. So that's why he's in the scorching category and not the dead man walking category. Because I think he can do enough to come back in 25. I don't know that Billy Napier can. Not with that schedule. My next tier is heating up. So this coach, and there's one coach in this category, heating up. His seat's not hot yet. It's not. But for the first time in his tenure, there's real pressure and there's conversations being had about the future of the program under his leadership. And that is South Carolina Gamecocks head coach Shane Beamer. Now, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of South Carolina people that watch this video that push back and say, no way, you're wrong. The belief level still 110%. The belief level is still very, very, very high, as it should be. I'm not even saying that I, I think anybody who is going into 2024 saying that Shane Beamer's on the hot seat, I do not think that's accurate. I do not think that's correct. It was one bad season for South Carolina after two seasons of, let's call it for what it is, overachieving and great success, right? It was one bad season in 2023. But you know as well as I do, right, that SEC fans have no patience, right? Patience is something that is in short supply. And South Carolina fans are no exception. I mean, I recall last year, guys, you don't believe me, I was stunned after South Carolina, and it all started with that loss to North Carolina in week one, right? That was really, really ugly. Uh, the Gamecocks look unprepared. I mean, just got manhandled by a UNC team that didn't turn out to be all that great. Let's call it for what it is, right? So anyways, that happens. After that game in Knoxville, a few weeks later, where I think a lot of South Carolina fans Really just, I, I'm not sure, like, I think they looked at that game as almost like the the measuring stick or after you lost to UNC, that was the one that South Carolina had to get back and make it two in a row against the Vols. And, you know, there, there's this intense rivalry, right, between Tennessee and South Carolina folks. And, you know, that, that was a game, though, guys, that I think most of us that saw that thing from a, a, a level-headed perspective, like, that was a game I said all summer, guys. That that was the one game Tennessee was not going to lose this past season because of what happened in 2022, because of that game being in Knoxville, and especially if the game was at night, which it was, South Carolina unfortunately had no chance in that one. And I was stunned after that ball game. That was the first time you really started hearing the chatter about, I don't know about this guy. I don't know if he's the guy. I don't know that he's the long-term answer in Columbia. That honestly stunned me how early on that was happening in the Shane Beamer tenure. Then the rest of the season plays out, of course, guys, that brutal loss to Florida at home. You lose to Clemson in the year. You go 5-7, and seven, you miss a bowl game. Now you come into 2024, year four of the Shane Beamer era. Shane Beamer's not on the hot seat. 
but his seat is heating up. And there is a lot of pressure in this year four. Guys, not many SEC head coaches survive missing a bowl game in back-to-back years. And I'm not saying that South Carolina is going to fire Shane Beamer if he goes five and seven. Four and eight or worse? I think all bets are off. I really do. I don't know what it would take because I think the belief in Shane Beamer in Columbia is still at an extremely high level. I think, folks, obviously, guys, he's very likable. The fan base loves him, right? But no coach, no matter what they've done in their past, no matter how great the culture is, no matter how much of a fit it is at that respective school, no coach is immune to the effects of losing. None. Does not matter what you've done or who you are. We've seen this with Sam Pittman, very similar to Shane Beamer in the way they are fit to their respective school. Four and eight or worse, all bets are off. I think five and seven or better, and Shane Beamer's back in 2025. Five and seven, the seat is scorching going into year five. Six and six or better with that schedule, with a first-year starter quarterback in Lenora Sellers, I think folks will give the thumb up on that season. But make no mistake, the conversations are being had. I think Shane Beamer's seat, for the first time in his career, there's real pressure on Shane Beamer in Columbia going into the 2024 season. The seat is starting to warm up just a bit. A lot of pressure on year four of his tenure. Now, the next tier, I call this one, needs a good season. Needs a good season. Like, And the reason I labeled it this, and there's two coaches in this category, needs a good season is I don't think they're like some, they're untouchable, right? Or the seed is extremely like, the approval rating's 100%. I don't think they're on a hot seat. I think the fan bases are content, right? I think the fan bases are content, but they need to see more, right? And these are two teams as well that had, I, w- I would say disappointing, fairly disappointing 2023s. And maybe they won't get fired if they have another disappointing or slightly disappointing season in 2024, but the questions will increase. And maybe the seat starts to warm up a little bit if they don't have a good year. Both of these coaches could really, really use a good year. And the two coaches I have here needs a good season, Auburn head coach Hugh Freeze and Kentucky head coach Mark Stoops. Now, a lot of you are asking, Chris, what are you talking about? Hugh Freeze just got there. Guys, have you met Auburn fans? Especially with the change that's going on at Alabama. If Auburn's not able to take advantage, if it's another year of bad offense on the Plains, after, you know, that's what was sold to Auburn fans, that Hugh Freeze comes in offensive guru, he's going to have the offense humming. Another bad year of offense. If it's another 6-6 six and six campaign, Especially, too, guys, I think Auburn's going to be a team that catches a lot of hype coming in this year. I think they're going to get a lot of hype. I think deservedly so. Hugh Freeze needs to take that step in year two. And I know it sounds crazy because it's just year two, but guys, this is the new day and age of college football. College football coaches, they just don't get five years anymore to kind of get it going. Like, if it ain't rolling by year three, more than likely, most of the time, you're gone. And a place like Auburn, where the expectations are sky high, 
I just wonder how much patience they'll have with him. So, again, I'm not saying if Auburn goes 6-6, six and six, he's fired. That's not what I'm saying at all, guys. I'm not even saving it, saying if he goes 5-7 and seven and really disappoints, he's fired. But I think Auburn fans still after year one, hey, made a bowl game. That's great. Got embarrassed and said bowl game. The feeling is like 60-40. Feeling good about Hugh Freeze versus not. Hugh Freeze, I think, desperately needs a good season in year two to, to build up that goodwill with the Auburn fan base. And then Kentucky head coach Mark Stoops, guys. Again, Stoops is a guy that I think has spoiled Kentucky fans to a degree because the fact that I have Stoops here, it is credit to him for the way that he has changed expectations of fans of that program. Because Kentucky used to be like Vandy, guys. It was like, hey, make a bowl game. That is a massive success. Kentucky's winning a couple games here and there. Nothing special. You look at the last couple years of Kentucky football. I mean, guys, Kentucky went 7-5 and five last year, and that was a disappointing year. Wildcat fans used to pray for times like that. Used to pray for a 7-5 season. Mark Stoops has won 10 games in a season in Lexington. He's made Kentucky a consistent 7-8 win per year program. That may not sound like a lot to some others, but guys, there's a lot of programs. There's more than a couple in the SEC that would sign up for 7-8 to eight wins per year consistently. Make no mistake. But I think after a disappointing year in 2023, right? 2022 also wasn't great. I think Mark Stoops losing two in a row to South Carolina doesn't help either. That's a monkey he needs to get off his back. They've got the Gamecocks at home in week two of the 2024 season. I think that's going to be a pivotal game for both of those schools and both those head coaches. But so again, Stoops is a guy that they go six and six. I don't think they're going to fire him. I don't know that Stoops, I think Stoops might be a lifer at Kentucky. I think Stoops might be a guy, they'll let him stay as long as he wants because of what he's done in the program. But you're going to start to see Wildcat fans become very, very restless if the issues they've had in the past persist and if the offensive line, for example, can't block and, and the offense stalls. And you know, for and I, and I will say this, end of last season, Mark Stoops did a lot, did himself a lot of favors beating Louisville, right? You beat your rival, that cures a lot of ills you have. Right, But after the loss to Clemson in the Gator Bowl, a seven-win season, a lot of question marks in this offseason. So I don't think a five and seven or six and six or what have you season gets him fired, but I think Mark Stoops is a coach that really does need a good year to reassure that, hey, this thing is on the right track. Kentucky football is still on the come up. Now the next year, guys, safe dot, dot, dot for now. Safe for now, okay? So, hey, in this, they could, a lot, these coaches could fall into the needs of good season also, but these coaches have succeeded, but they need to build off of what they've done. If they don't, things could turn in a hurry. And there's three head coaches in this tier. Oklahoma's Brent Venables, LSU's Brian Kelly, and Missouri's Eli Drinkwitz. Now, Brent Venables, Oklahoma. I, I think it's an interesting scenario for both Venables and Steve Sarkeesian as they enter the SEC. Venables is a guy that, you know, I, I think they did a good job in 2023 laying the foundation for coming into the SEC, winning 10 games. The bowl game was disappointing, but, I mean, Jackson Arnold's first start, I believe, Dylan Gabriel 
had entered the transfer portal. Um, you know, the, it, it just goes back to guys, the expectations. I mean, Oklahoma's expectations and standards, it doesn't matter if they're coming in the SEC. There's not going to be like, well, there's a grace period. And if we go seven and seven and five or eight and four, it's it's okay. We're transitioning. Oklahoma fans are expecting to win and win big early. I mean, they're immediately, right? Expecting to win big. Entering year three of the Brent Venables era in Norman, right? Again, year three is fairly or unfairly where most folks make up their mind. You're either the, either the guy or you're not. You're either the guy or you're not. You're boom or you're bust. One or the other. So, tough year one. Solid year two. What does year three hold? And I think most Oklahoma fans after this second year really happy with the job Brent Venables did and and feel good about the Brent Venables tenure in Norman, but this year three is big. So he's safe, but things can turn in a hurry if the Sooners don't have a good year. Same thing with LSU guys. Again, I only put L- I only put Brian Kelly here because of sky-high expectations in Baton Rouge. I think Brian Kelly's done a great job at LSU. I mean, won the SEC West year one. I know LSU underachieved in year two. And I mean, guys, won 10 games with the bowl game, produced a Heisman Trophy winner. But again, missed the college football playoff this year. And fairly or unfairly, I think you're going to start to hear rumblings, or at least you're going to see LSU fans start to grow restless. I I think, guys, there's more opportunity available, but there's also more pressure on a couple of these head coaches because now there's no more Nick Saban. So I'm sure LSU fans look at it like, bro, there's no excuse. Nick Saban's not around anymore. There's no excuse for you not to win and win big or at least make the 12-team college football playoff. So I think LSU fans are really, really happy with what Kelly has done to this point. Again, I think he's safe, but for now. You're only as good as your last season in Baton Rouge, and so – Hey, winning 10 games is great with the bowl win, produced a Heisman Trophy winner, but you better make the 12-team college ball playoff. There's a lot of pressure on Brian Kelly to win double-digit games and make the playoff and get LSU back in contention for a national championship. And finally, guys, Eli Drinkwitz at Mizzou. I put Drink here because this past season was great, guys. I mean, you win the freaking Cotton Bowl, you beat Ohio State, An 11-win season from Mizzou, guys. I mean, incredible. But, but, how do you follow it up? That's the big question I think everyone's going to have for Eli Drinkwitz. Was it a, you caught lightning in a bottle and it was just a magical season? Or, okay, are you actually building something? Can you build off of it? Especially when you got Brady Cook back, Luther Burden, Theo Weiss Jr. You got a lot of your football team, a lot of your best players are returning next season. And before this 11 win season, guys, it was six and six, six and seven, five and seven. I mean, Mizzou fans were about ready to run him out of town. So after an 11 win season, Eli Drinkwitz obviously, guys, is safe, but they revert back to six and six or, or five and seven or whatever in 2024. I think you're going to see those same Missouri people say, ah, it was a fluke. I caught lightning in a bottle. He's still the same old guy. So, Drinkwitz is safe after an 11-win year, but that can change in a hurry. Finally, guys, the final tier. There's four head coaches here. The untouchable tier. And as the word suggests, these are coaches that 
They've built up so much goodwill at their schools. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. They are in a position where, I mean, it would take a winless season to run them out. And realistically, that's not going to happen, right? So these are the guys that, even if they have a bad year in 2024, right, fall short of expectations, they've done so much good to this point and built their programs up so much that they're not going anywhere anytime soon. In the untouchable category, we've got Georgia's Kirby Smart, Ole Miss's Lane Kiffin, Texas's Steve Sarkeesian, and Tennessee's Josh Heupel. Let me start with Heupel. That may be the one that's that's most highly debated, if you will. I just think that, guys, when you look at what Tennessee football was before Josh Heupel and what he's done in such a short amount of time, I mean, Tennessee football's not exactly where fans want it to be, but, man, it is so much better than it was just a couple years ago, right? You have a, what, seven-win season, I think, in year one, which was a great season when you looked at what he took over, right? Then in year two, of course, that 11-win season, win the Orange Bowl over Clemson. And then last year, a season that you go eight and four in the regular season, right? You had to adjust to life after Hendon Hooker. Then you go into the bowl game against Iowa. You, you thrash them. Nico plays in that game. And, you know, a nine-win season in year three. Here's the thing for Tennessee and Josh Heupel. If that's the floor, I don't think there's a Tennessee fan out there that would not take that. After after what Tennessee fans have experienced over the last decade plus, the, the downfall, if you will, of Tennessee football, right? So what Josh Heupel is doing, he's gotten Tennessee back to the highest level they've been in quite some time. The way he's recruiting, the way they've operated in the portal as well, the future looks extremely bright with Nico Josh Heupel, in my opinion, Tennessee fans, I think would agree he's in the untouchable category for right now, right? Then you've got Steve Sarkeesian at Texas. I, I, I know the body of work is small, but guys, you get your team to a college ball playoff, dude, you've earned at minimum three more years at your stop. So, um, you know, you got Arch Manning waiting in the wings. You got Quinn Ewers back. I think that program is on really, really solid footing. I think Texas is in a great position to come into the SEC and flourish and win and win big early on. And so, again, you take your program to the college ball playoff. You deserve to be in the untouchable category. Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, guys. The monster he's building there and has built. And you go to the Peach Bowl again. You win 11 games, first time in program history. Guys, this is the golden age of Ole Miss football. Lane Kiffin can stay in Oxford as long as he wants. Because what he's done there is incredible. I mean, it's nothing short of incredible. And Ole Miss looks primed for even more in the 2024 season. So uh, this one's a no-brainer, of course. Lane Kiffin, untouchable in Oxford. And finally, guys, Kirby Smart. I mean, the best coach in college football, right? No, Georgia didn't win the national championship this past season, but Ho-Hum went 13-1. and 
The dogs are going to be the favorite to win it all yet again this year, and we'll look to make it three out of the last four seasons. They've won the national championship. Georgia's a machine, guys. Georgia is a machine. Kirby Smart is a menace when it comes to recruiting. They're continuing to recruit at a higher level than anyone in college football. Georgia is going to be a favorite to probably go undefeated, uh, maybe win the SEC, certainly be a 12-team college ball playoff lock and a favorite to win the national title. So what Kirby Smart has done, what he's built, what he's doing, certainly untouchable in Athens. So, guys, I ask you all, what tiers would you put each of these respective coaches in? Where do you agree with mine? Where do you disagree? And who has the hottest seats entering the 2024 college football season.